Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Kill Your Yo-Yo, the only podcast dedicated to yo-yo performance, yo-yo improvisation, and yo-yo theory, brought to you by Illinx, and I am your host, Ross Levine. I have a kind of weird episode for you. First of all, at the very end, I say that a world champion is going to come on next week. That's not true. A world champion, in fact, a few are scheduled, um, and I thought I would post this before one came on, but then they ended up rescheduling. Anyway, I recorded this like months ago, and I've been meaning to post it because it's about a really, really, really important book that I think all of you should go and check out and read. Um, I think it was a really interesting book, and it captured a lot on flow. And so I want to make sure that you get the information that's in it. So I'm going to stop yapping at you. I'm not even going to plug anything for this episode. Just sit back and enjoy it. I hope you love it. See you soon. Oh boy, I have something really exciting to talk to you about. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. And it's sort of the reason that I take yo-yoing so seriously. It's the reason that I focus so much of my time thinking about it. Uh, I really think that yo-yos have the potential to do something really important in the world, um, which is that I got started in, you know, the, the skill toy world with magic. I've been doing that as long as I can remember. Uh, then I went into juggling, and then uh, from there, it oh, everything kind of exploded. I did poi and, and cigar boxes and knife throwing and plate spinning and uh, devil sticks and diablos and unicycles and you name it, I've played with it. Um, but once I found a yo-yo and I realized that I could stick that yo-yo into my pocket uh, and always have something amazing to do and just a world of possibilities just in my pocket, um, that was that was kind of a, a life-changing event. And now I've sort of realized you can kind of do the same. Like I always have um, four coins in my pocket and a deck of cards, and so I can now do a bunch of magic with just those two things. I used to think I needed a whole magic kit all the time when I was, like, really young, but you don't. You just need those two, but it's similar with a yo-yo, um, and you can especially do a specific kind of, uh, of flow that you can't really do with magic, because with magic, you kind of have to go and you have to do it for someone, unless you're just practicing slight after slight. The point is, you can't really do any, like, big physical sort of juggling kind of stuff with anything but the yo-yo because everything else is too big to just fit in your pocket. Even a kendama is a little bit unwieldy and a beglary isn't quite full body engagement. So uh, that's where kind of the yo-yo hits the sweet spot and I think it is a toy that is special and it really is the only toy that I've ever found that has that quality and that's why I've spent so much time on it. So why do I care about this full body engagement um, flow perpetuation thing that I'm talking about here? Well, it's for the reason that I'm going to talk to you about right now. I've been reading a book called Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. Uh, and it's a really, really good book. Uh, it touches on a lot of things, but kind of the main thesis is that Society's attention has been dwindling recently. Uh, you may have noticed that all of our sources of media are getting shorter. Um, you've you've heard, <laughs> you've heard, you've probably noticed it in yourself that uh, maybe you can't carry on a conversation for as long as you used to, or you can't read a book for as long as you used to, um, especially for people who were alive before the internet. Um, I, I I know I was like 
just I was able to read. And then at a certain point, like right after I learned how to how to read, I was able to read a book completely from start to finish. I remember reading a book every night when I was younger. And then at a certain point, um, I was just on my phone all the time. And so, like, I, I really lived right, right through that transition. Um, now, this book is kind of about why that's happening and and how we can sort of fight it. And one of the things that he mentioned, he had a whole chapter on one I'm about to talk about, um, it is sort of the difference between a world where focus is controlled through operant conditioning and then another world where focus is controlled by yourself kind of intrinsically uh, through flow and flow states. So there's two uh, psychologists or, or thinkers or philosophers uh, behind this, both brilliant people, um, but they both kind of had different approaches to where focus came from, or at least this is the way that it's presented in the book, Stolen Focus. And, and these two individuals, one is B.F. Skinner, and he had this idea of focus that if you wanted to teach a pig to vacuum the floor, then what you would do is you would basically train it is kind of essentially how it works, same way that you would train a dog. What you do, though, is you would get the pig to be a little bit hungry, and then you would wait for it to do a movement that was like pushing the vacuum with its nose or just touching the vacuum with its nose. And then as soon as it did that, you'd give it some food. And then you'd wait for it to do it again. And then the more that it realized and connected touching the vacuum with its nose and food, the more it would do that. And it would start to do that impulsively. It would just go over and touch the vacuum with its nose. And then over time, it would start to push a little bit harder. And then you give it more food. And then it would realize, oh, I just have to push it harder. And then soon you have a pig that's vacuuming your floor. And the reason is you've just controlled its focus. So what Michael Skinner, in, in the viewpoint of stolen focus, uh, what he discovered is that you can control the focus of any animal just by adjusting some parameter. And nowadays, kind of how it's presented is uh, social media companies are doing the same thing, but instead of food, it's dopamine. That we live in a very dopamine-starved world, and so they give us the, that little dopamine hit with like, like buttons and little hearts and follows and comments and all these little things. And I don't know if you know this, but the bigger that you get on Instagram, the more um, apparent it becomes is that uh, really anything can go viral. Like there's certain, you know, parameters of things that really do go viral, but any, anything can go viral and any great content that you make, if you really make something very, very, very good, um, and you show it to your friends and they go, Oh my God, that's amazing. That might not go viral. Uh, a lot of it just comes down to what the platform that you're on promotes. So they really have their hands on the lever and those hands are an algorithm. So essentially, we are kind of at the mercy of these social media platforms controlling when we get that dopamine hit and when we don't. Even if we make great content, sometimes it won't go viral. And then if we make some stupid content that shouldn't get anything, it gets like 300 likes out of nowhere. You, you don't know where it comes from. Uh, or it you know gets a million and gets shared all over the, all over the world. So there's... And, and I'm not saying that this is exclusively, obviously... A lot of the best content flows to the top, and a lot of uh, the worst content doesn't get seen by a lot of people. But I am saying they do kind of have control over what happens, 
And if you aren't posting consistently, for example, but you're still making good stuff, then th they kind of just brush you off to the side because you're not a consistent user of their platform. And so they don't want to reward you. And so it's just really like all these little things that get into you. Now, what that's kind of setting up is a world where focus is controlled by this algorithm. Um, and that is a world that's similar to what BF Skinner is promoting, that you can train anybody to do anything just by controlling uh, that little reward, whatever that reward happens to be. And so we've all been trained by Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and TikTok uh, to be perfect content creators. We're literally being trained by them to create their product for them. And so uh, <laughs> that's unsettling, right? Because we're not really getting paid for that, most of us. Um, and even if we were getting paid for that, isn't that a little bit concerning that they're taking the entire world and just monetizing them and training them to be little puppets that promote their product? And oh God, it just, it hurts to think about, but to some extent it's true. And I want this, I, the way I'm presenting this is obviously very, very dreary um, because I want to show you kind of the other side and why I think that yo-yoing is so important, why I think that all the flow arts are so important. And that is this guy named uh, Mahali Csikszentmihalyi, and he is a person with, first of all, very hard to pronounce name. I had to read it a few times through different pronunciations on YouTube and on the internet, but he is a really, really smart guy, and he literally wrote the book on flow. So when you hear about flow states, that's kind of been a common thing that people talk about, especially in our communities. Um, when you hear about flow states, he's the guy that, that really did a lot of the work behind it. And what he did is, again, this is through the, the viewpoint of Stolen Focus and my understanding of that book, what he did is he knew about Skinner. Skinner was super, super popular back in the day. Um, so he knew Skinner's work, and he had... He, he felt unsettled by it in the same way that I'm trying to get you to feel unsettled by it. Uh, he felt that if it's true that anyone's focus can be shifted to, to whatever they want it to be, then, then we're all getting controlled all the time. And he, he thought that can't be true. That can't be the only thing. And so what he did is he went and he looked at painters. And he figured if the only thing that is important for focus is is getting some reward in return for that focus, then painters don't make any sense because he was watching painters go and make a painting for weeks on end. They'd sit and they'd paint and they'd make this beautiful artwork and they'd sit and they'd look at it and they'd spend all these hours on it. And then by the end of it, they didn't take that painting and just like stare at it for another set of weeks. They just usually put it aside in a stack of other paintings and they moved on to the next one. And so what reward did they get? Did they necessarily get money? No, because they had a stack of paintings. He was watching these people just stack up their paintings. And did they get food out of that? Not really. So what was it that was keeping their focus? How were they able to focus on that painting for so long? And what Mahali discovered, I'm just going to call him Mahali, uh, is that uh, it's this state of flow. And... He started interviewing more and different people 
about things because it's not just painters who are able to do this like a rock climber why would somebody go like the oh i can't remember his name but the guy who free soloed uh el capitan uh why would somebody without a harness climb el cap to the top like not for any food reward or anything just to do it like how is somebody able to focus on that for the hours that it takes to do without any reward if bf skinner is correct and the the answer is bf skinner is not correct the answer is that the the doing itself is the reward and that's you know blaringly obvious to to us yo-yoers um and really to anybody who's lived life as a human but that's not what the scientific community was agreeing on back when bf skinner was was peddling his 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 theories which you know to some extent are accurate but there's more than just operant conditioning. There is flow. So what is flow? Flow is, uh, it's a state of mind, essentially. It's a state of mind that you can get into when three conditions are met. One is that you know what you want. And that's something that has come up multiple, multiple times in this podcast, is you have to really know what you want, uh, Listen to Aaliyah Tan's episode if you really want more about intention. Uh, we talk about that a lot. But you have to know what it is that you want, so you have to have a goal. The second condition is that you have to be doing something that is meaningful to you. For example, you want to have some future vision of where you're headed, and you have to see what it is that what you're doing right now, you can yeah, you have to see how that fits into that future vision. Um, so it, it has to be something that, that matters to you. And then the third thing is uh, it has to be something that is at the edge of your abilities. So it can't be, it, it can't just be the, the simple thing that you've already done. Like if you've done a 2.0 whip, there is no reason to do another 2.0 whip. If you do, it's great. It's like, okay, I've done it. I did it. The first time you landed, it's amazing. But then you're like, all right, that's it. Or, or why would you go from a 2.0 whip down to a 1.5? Like, why would you learn in that direction? It doesn't make any sense. And when you're you're trying it, you're going, this is too easy for me. I already know how to do it. So you land on your first try, and then, then what more is there to do? Um, so you have to be at the edge of your abilities. You have to try one step ahead of where you currently are and when you're doing that that's really for me that's always been the key to achieving flow is go one step ahead of where you are um one one little quote that i've heard a lot and that i say a lot is like if you want to be able to jump uh three feet in the air then learn how to jump four feet in the air and then you're good because you can if you can do four you got three already uh, so then if you want to learn four, you gotta learn how to do five. So if you want to learn 2.5 hook, the trick is, uh, learn 3.0 hook, and then you'll be able to do 2.5 also. So the, the, the point being, you always want to be at the edge of your abilities because that means you're able to do what it is that you're doing. You're capable of it. You know, it's a little bit harder than what you're already able to do, but 
it's also so hard, it's also a little bit further along from where you are, so that you're you're working and you're struggling and you're thinking about how am I going to do this? What do I have to practice to 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 push myself over that edge to get there? And so it, it's sort of like it, it's sort oh, what is it like? It, it's like you're <laughs> you're in a a a, a big <laughs> A big lottery scratcher is kind of how how you can think about it. And you're in the center and you've just taken a little coin and you just nicked a little piece off and you can kind of see a little bit. And so then you, you've already got that little bit. So now you're going to scratch a little bit around that little nick that you've made and you're going to get a little bit further out. And then uh, the next day you're going to come back and you're going to scratch just a little bit more. And by the end, eventually you'll have a big circle that represents where you are in that lottery scratcher. And one day, you'll scratch the whole thing off and you'll know if you won or not. But for now, you just gotta focus on getting a little bit further out and and just a little bit farther, and eventually you'll have the full thing done. But in yo-yoing, of course, there there is no end to it. There, there's never a fully scratched off lottery ticket in yo-yoing. You're always finding new and different ways to scratch. And that's the great part, is that we we are working with an infinite set of tricks. That is provably true. Um, I, I actually want, like, it has to be provably true, but I, I want to uh, talk with Luna Horan and see if she can help me make a mathematical proof of that. But I do believe that we're working with an infinite set of tricks here, and so there, there there's no stopping. The boundary you can keep on pushing that boundary and keep on expanding and, and working on different styles and one other thing is the edge of your abilities doesn't doesn't have to mean learning a new trick it could also mean taking something old and really really mastering it and getting it to be perfect because perfection is an ability being able to do something perfect and and precisely that itself is an ability so always working on that ability is another thing that that you can work on so those are the three things um one set a goal two do something meaningful which uh one other little quote from the stolen focus book is uh like why are flies interesting to frogs and uh, i'm totally misquoting it here but it's basically that a frog doesn't care that it's a fly it cares that it can eat it like it, you could have a stone and throw it and as long as the the frog could eat the stone it would treat it just like a fly but because it because it's a fly the frog is super interested and focused on it so that's why it's important that it has to be something meaningful to you which to me clearly i have some kind of yo-yo fetish in my mind that i need not not that kind of fetish you you know what what i mean uh, anyway i have some kind of uh fascination with yo-yoing that makes them meaningful to me and you do too uh and then the third thing is it has to be something that's on the edge of your abilities and if those three conditions are met you will find yourself experiencing flow states in whatever it is that you're doing it can be at work it can be yo-yoing it can be juggling um it can be walking your dog or it can be studying uh the the work of bf skinner even that could put you into a flow state now um, what makes this important is that in Skinner's world, if Skinner was completely correct about what causes focus and where our focus can be, then that means we are all at the mercy of our phone and the social media companies 
and all that nastiness uh, controls us completely. But because Mahali is correct and flow states do exist and because um, when somebody is in a flow state, that is often regarded as the best times in their life. If you think about your favorite times in your whole life, um, you were probably in a flow state when that was happening. Because all that is true, and because flow states are self-perpetuating, and they are just like, they, they just work by themselves, and they, they continue endlessly into the expanse of the, the infinite uh, uh, space of tricks that we as yo-yoers can explore, because of all that, um, that means that we have a tool that we can use to take our focus back. That means that if with that little yo-yo in your pocket, you have the power to uh, overtake and, and outmaneuver uh, Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. And if you feel like you're sitting there scrolling all day, you are able to put that down and reach into your pocket and do something that is endlessly more interesting and more fulfilling. And even if what you're trying to do is to capture a trick on video just to post it on Instagram, you aren't using Instagram when you're filming that trick. And that's a plus. <laughs> that is that that is one step away from from BF Skinner's world and one step into a flow state. So, why do I care so much about yo-yos? It's that it's a tool that anybody can use to achieve flow states wherever they are. And I really believe that anywhere that you are, that you're using your phone, like if you're you know using your phone at during breaks at work or um, I would use my phone while walking between classes at school. In all of those situations, you could pull out a yo-yo. It doesn't matter how many people look at you funny. You look funny back at them for using their phone and, and just falling victim to this crazy uh, surveillance capitalism world that we have set up, which if, if you want to hear more about that, boy, oh boy, you got to read Stolen Focus because it was really good. Um and it's not just about phones. He he also talks about diet and and uh, oh, there's so much that he gets at. That. <laughs> oh boy, you ever read a book and then that's all that you can think about for a while? Um, I should mention I didn't read the book. I listened to the book because, as I said, it is so hard for me to sit down and like read page after page of a book. But audiobooks they are they are a godsend. Now, um, one more thing is that I think. That is a approach. That approach to thinking about yo-yos, that is a, a flow state generator that you can carry around in your pocket. I think that that point of view should be marketed um, as, a, as a health product, as a mental health product. I think that that's something that is that, that, that would just like work with where the world is, where their understanding of mental health is, where everybody's understanding of, of how the, the internet works and, and all the negatives that come with social media, uh, watching us and, and feeding us stuff that makes our brains get dopamine hits just so that they can control us. I think that the, the, the total like world consciousness is at a place, it's, you know, that's sort of a woo-woo thing to say, but you know, the, the way that society is talking, the things that people are understanding, the conversations that you have every day, people are kind of thinking about flow states these days. They just are. It's out in the news. People talk about it. I think that because of that, we're at a perfect time that yo-yos could be marketed to the general public as 
a flow state generator that sits in your pocket. And I think that that is a way that we can induct more yo-yoers into yo-yoing. That's all that I got to say about that, is that if people understood that any time that they can have their phone out, they could instead be playing with a yo-yo, if all of my coworkers were working on a new trick together and not on their phone and, and like watching YouTube, I think that would just be a better world. And I think that, that would be a world where people are able to focus more and a world where people, oh God, aren't, aren't sitting and staring at their phones as much. I, I think that that's something that we can strive for. And I think that's something that if, if you own a brand and you're listening to this, if you are sponsored by a company, uh, talk to them about that and, and have them read that book and then have them listen to this episode. And yeah, um, message me if you have any, if you just want to talk about this, because this is something that I've been thinking about a lot. And something that I've thought about for a long time, but I think that this book really put gave gave me kind of a, a language to, to talk about it better. So that's what I got for you. And yeah, that's uh that's that's what I wanted to tell you about. So go achieve those flow states. Once again, the three conditions are to have a goal, to do something meaningful, and to fall, to have what you're doing right at the edge of your abilities. Not too easy, but also not so hard that you can't achieve it. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. Next week, we have a world champion who's going to be with us as a guest. And I can't wait for you to hear what he has to say. So talk to you soon. And thank you so much for listening. Keep on uh, killing your yo-yos. <laughs> Later. <laughs>